The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Diana Gatishek about her Escape Collection wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose this package and how she planned everything and how everything turned out. So welcome, Diana. Hi, Carrie. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much for being here. I always start at the very beginning and I ask, how did you guys decide that you wanted to have an escape wedding at Walt Disney World? Great question. Well, Keith and I actually got engaged in January of 2016. So at the time I was doing my doctoral internship in Princeton, New Jersey, and he was living here right outside of DC. So I finished my internship in August and then we moved in together just outside of DC in August or September. And we started looking at venues here and there was really nothing that I saw where I felt this is where I want to get married. So we decided to keep looking and keep living our lives and we decided to have a baby who is now 18 months old. Her name is Aurora. And yes, Aurora after Sleeping Beauty, of course. Um, (laughs) So then for July of let's see, it must have been July 2018 for our four-year anniversary of dating. We went to Disney World and my parents live right outside of Disney World. So we take a lot of trips. We're annual pass holders. But that particular July, um, Keith surprised me with a stay at the Grand Floridian, which I had never stayed there before. And of course, it's a place that I always wanted to stay. We actually split the trip at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and the Grand Floridian. And during one of the really hot Florida days, we were at the pool, and then we said, oh, let's walk over to the wedding pavilion and see what it looks like. And we did that, and I stepped inside there and said, this is where we're getting married. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) So that was it. And after that trip, we contacted Disney Fairytale Weddings, and... August, the next month, we picked a date, signed the contract, and we picked our wedding date of February 22nd, 2019. That's fantastic. Did you choose Escape because of your group size or because you wanted something that was a little bit easier to plan? 
Yeah, we really wanted something easy to plan because we have Aurora and most of our attention is fixated on her and all of the joy that goes along with that. So I really wanted something that I didn't have to think a lot about. And having a big wedding wasn't really something that was super important to us. We, and because both of our families are quite small, we were actually able to invite our family and our close friends. So that worked out really well. And again, the, the ease of the planning with the escape package was perfect for us. That's wonderful. So how did those friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? <laughs> oh, pretty much everyone said, well, of course it is. Um, I've been going to Disney with my family since a very young age. We've been pass holders for years and, you know, it, it truly is my happy place. That's great. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to attend? So we did invite 18 and of course our, our daughter did not count as a person because she's under three. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up with 15 out of the 18. Okay, great. So you guys were one of the last couples to get to use Commander's Terrace at the Grand Floridian for your escape cake and champagne reception before it was announced that it was going to be combined into the new Beauty and the Beast lounge coming to the Grand Floridian. But even before that, it was really hard to get. They had offered it for many years for escape and then all of a sudden, like nobody could get it anymore. So how did you guys arrange that? Yeah, this was a really like tricky, unsettling situation for me because, as I mentioned, my parents live in Florida. So, you know, I'd, I'd gone to the Grand Floridian since then and went to the convention center. And we were initially assigned to have our cake and champagne celebration in the ballroom. And we had added on a catered dinner from the beginning because we did want a private dinner rather than going out to one of the restaurants at Disney. So initially, that was the plan. We would get married in the pavilion and then head over in the limo and stay in one of the ballrooms for the cake and champagne celebration followed by dinner. And I had my parents go to the convention center and look at Whitehall because when I finally joined the Diz Brides group on Facebook, which is so amazing, and I did not join that until... December actually after I did my hair and makeup trial with Stacy from Fairy Tale, and I was asking her a million questions about you know, flowers and cakes and she said well ask the Diz Brides they're so great hmm. and I was like who are the Diz Brides I've been living under a rock <laughs> <laughs> so I, I joined in December and from there, I asked a million questions and got a lot of information and, and kind of learned that there were so many more options to add on events and, and do so many more magical things than I initially thought. So I really learned a lot from there. So going back to my parents visiting, I had them go, go see Whitehall and I liked it from the pictures. What I really liked about it is it has that outside patio and I love being outside. I love pictures that are taken outside. I just could not picture a first dance being held in the ballroom. And it was like really 
so unsettling for me. And I asked our planner, you know, what are the other options? Where else could we do this? And she said Whitehall was booked and the client who was in there was unwilling to switch. So that was when I spent time on your website, the Disney Travel Babble, looking at all of the different venue locations. You know, I, at that point, I was willing to leave the Grand Floridian and go wherever I could. I know some of the options are limited with escape, but I just, yeah, I couldn't get the image out of my head of having a first dance and the, the cake and the cake cutting with a backdrop of a ballroom. It just did not feel like us whatsoever. So I looked at all the pictures of the different venues and that was how I initially came across the commander's terrace. And the next time I went to Florida for my bachelorette, which we did a, a weekend Disney cruise on the Disney Dream, which was so wonderful. So that weekend, I went and looked at Whitehall and then went to Commander's. And I really liked it. I felt for the group size that we had, it would be so ideal. So I asked our planner about it. And then I also posted in the Diz Brides group to ask, has anyone had their cake and champagne celebration on the terrace? How was it? And... Similar to other brides' experiences, my planner did not seem super gung-ho about it. She pointed out that there's a pool below, it can be really noisy, and then it was also an issue of, well, if you have it there, then you'll have to move your guests to the terrace, and then you'll have to move your guests again for the catered dinner to the ballroom, and, you know, logistically, I guess the recommendation was, you know, keep it all in the same place. It'll be easier. But I, I kept pushing because I didn't feel okay with that. And I saw that the other brides had a similar experience. So it was, I think, January 16th when I initiated the request to Commander's Terrace. And then a few days later, I officially decided before I went on that bachelorette cruise that I'm doing it. This is where I want it. And I'm so glad I did. That's great. And so then where was your catered meal held? It was in St. Augustine A in the ballroom. Okay. And did you decorate it at all? or We did not decorate the space aside from we had some, well, we used the bridal bouquets to decorate the table as well as the altar arrangement that we had as part of the escape package in the pavilion. So we moved that to the cake and champagne celebration and then moved it to the ballroom. Interesting. And they didn't have any problem with the timeline for moving it to two different places? There was no fee as long as I asked one of my guests to move it for us. So that's what I did. Okay, that makes sense. And then what other options from the package did you choose, like for your bouquet, the cake? Let's see. For the cake, we chose the roses and drapes, and our wedding colors were navy blue and gold, so I asked that the color of those roses be changed to navy blue, which they did, which I think was a $50 fee for that. And in terms of floral, my dress was not super traditional. It was a gold brocade ball gown. So it had like champagne and platinum colored flowers on it. So the bridal bouquets that they offered, I did not feel were going to match my dress very well. So I ended up, and I also had navy blue bridesmaid dresses. 
and I really wanted some navy in my bouquet. So I ended up getting silk flowers from a florist in Winter Garden near my parents' house. And then so as part of the escape package, what I chose instead was two boutonnieres and the floral altar arrangement, which was a really beautiful and big. Interesting. Okay, that sounds like a good value. Yeah, yeah, it was great because we were able to use it, you know, for three parts of the day. Okay, great. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? Absolutely. I'll start with the beginning of the day. I had the steamers come that morning at 8.30 to come steam all the dresses. And then Stacy from Fairytale came around 10 a.m. And another person, Lisa, who also works for Fairytale, came around noon. So we spent the morning getting ready. And we were actually... We stayed at the Grand Floridian club level, so which was fantastic because we had access to food throughout the day and drinks. And when I went to do my first look, I didn't have to walk very far, so it was it was really perfect. Um, and then we had the dream team, Ali and Stephanie, come to my room at three o'clock to start with getting ready photos. And then around three thirty, three forty-five. I headed to do my first look, and I did a first look with my dad, and then with Keith, my now husband, and then we did some pictures on the stairwell at the Grand Floridian, and then around 4.40ish, we headed over to the pavilion in the limo, because our ceremony started at 5 o'clock, and after the ceremony, we got pictures at Picture Point behind the pavilion, and in the pavilion, around the pavilion. And then we actually, uh, our ceremony started a little bit late because we had a little bit of a, a delay. So I, I was supposed to do my first look at 3.45. I don't think it happened till, I don't know, maybe 4 o'clock because we took a little bit longer getting ready. So I wish I had budgeted a little extra time in there. And then when we got to the pavilion, part of our uh, ceremony, Keith and I decided to do a wine box ceremony, and we had sent a box to be put in the limo, and not sure what happened, but maybe Bell Services didn't put it in the limo, or some a message got lost in translation somewhere, so when we got to the pavilion, the box was not in the trunk. Mm. So Hannah was our planner, and Stephanie, who was another escape planner, was filling in for Hannah when she was on vacation. So we had them both there the day of, which was amazing because Stephanie went back to the Grand Floridian lobby and was able to find the box and brought it over. So that definitely delayed the start of our ceremony, which also delayed the start of our cake and champagne celebration. So the the day did not really go according to our timeline because we were supposed to do our dances and toasts, and then we were having a, a surprise visit from Goofy. So Goofy ended up ha- coming a little bit early, and then we did the dances and the toast after. The original plan was we were going to have dinner before firework pictures, and that was a really important piece to me, too. I really wanted Keith and I to get pictures with the fireworks. So we ended up doing fireworks pictures before sitting down to dinner, which worked out okay because we sent our guests to the ballroom and they were able to enjoy the open bar and eat dinner while we were outside getting the pictures taken. 
Interesting. And did you go down to the marina? Or? We did. We we went down to the marina, but like a, a secret location that Ali apparently found recently and is starting to use. It's the building to the left of the marina on the other side of it. I'm not sure if that building is Sugarloaf. I think that's Sago Key Lawn, I think it's called. It's where the roots go to get their amazing 4th of July fireworks shots. Okay, yeah, I think that is what it is. That's great. So you got all your photos taken from there? We did, yeah. It was a little mushy, and Ali, how amazing he is. He was laying in the mud (laughs) and getting (laughs) glorious shots. (laughs) So we really appreciated that. It was a lot of fun. Wow. And then when you did finally get to eat your dinner, do you have any menu items that you would recommend? The mac and cheese was fantastic. My guests said that the we did a chicken and rosemary dish, I think. They said that was amazing. I heard from everyone that they loved the food and the cake was delicious. Ooh, what flavors did you pick? The bottom tier, we did vanilla cake with chocolate mousse and fresh strawberries. And the top tier was chocolate cake with dark chocolate mousse, which we're saving for next February. Interesting. Okay. What were the most important aspects when you were planning, where you focused your attention or you focused your budget? Photography was really important to us. And I am so glad that I added a second photographer and that we were able to get Stephanie because she also did our park shoots the next morning. And I love the way our photos came out. And I would recommend to any bride, like the more videography, the more photography you can do, like it, it will never feel like a waste or feel like a regret of the day. So that was really important to us. And then we actually added Goofy about a week before the wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just felt like, you know, we needed one extra magical piece and... Our daughter loves him. She loves all the characters. And he was such a hit with everyone. I'm so glad we had him. And he's been my childhood favorite forever. What a great idea. Yeah, it was worth every penny. (laughs) (laughs) And so then which aspects were less important? Where you saved your money or you just saved your effort? Good question. I would say I was really set in the beginning on having a custom aisle runner that said once upon a dream. You know, as I said, our daughter is named Aurora after Sleeping Beauty. I love Sleeping Beauty. I love Once Upon a Dream. It was the song that we chose to um, walk out of the pavilion to. So I was initially very stuck on adding, I can't remember the name of the package, but it was the one where you have a custom aisle runner and rose petals down the aisle and exit bubbles. But after really digging through and looking at our budget and asking the Diz Brides group, you know, who had the custom aisle runner and what are you doing with it now? Many said that it was stored away in the attic. And at that point, I felt like I really like it, but I think we can spend this money on something else. So I decided not to do that. And I didn't end up doing the rose petals down the aisle either. Got it. Okay, good tips. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? 
I have to say it's really hard to pick one. <laughs> I will <laughs> I will say I did a first look with my dad right before I did one with Keith and that was a beautiful moment and I think it was so meaningful to him and I I loved it. And equally the first look with Keith, I'm so glad I did one as well. I kind of toyed with the idea of not doing one because, you know, I love the moment at weddings where the bride walks down the aisle and the groom is so excited to see her for the first time. But I, I also wanted a lot of pictures and I wanted that intimate moment. So I'm really glad I did it. And one other favorite memory I have to say is right before walking down the aisle and I walked down the aisle to Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz and it had been my vision that my, my grandmother was an organist for the church and she was very musical and my brother's a musician and I I always thought that my grandmother would play over the rainbow on the piano as I walked down the aisle. So I had this moment right before the doors opened to the pavilion, which is such a great moment too. It it like reminds me of the moment when Dorothy lands in Oz and she's in black and white and she opens the doors and everything's in color. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I felt like that, but I had this moment where I stopped and listened to the music because you could totally get caught up in that moment and not even hear the music. And the organist is just wonderful. So that moment was, was a really emotional, tearful one for me. And I'm glad I just I took a moment to be really mindful and breathe it all in. That's a great tip as well. So then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? You talked about the timeline. Right. I think the timeline was really the only piece that might have been a little unexpected. Other than that, the day went really well. And I was actually so thankful that we did the private catered meal because when we go out to dinner, like I said, Aurora, she's now 18 months old and all she wants to do is run around and walk around and explore and say hi to everyone. So it was perfect that like people took shifts when we were at dinner and she could just roam up and down the hallways of the convention center. So it worked out really well. <laughs> That's a great tip too. <laughs> yeah. And was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be? I guess I might have been a little worried about Aurora being the flower girl and if she was going to make it down the aisle and if she didn't, like, would my dad carry her down the aisle with me or how would we go about doing it? But I'll tell you, the planners opened those doors and she made it all the way down the aisle. <laughs> And the pictures are gorgeous as well. So, I mean, and my advice to any brides who have children already, incorporate them because it's so beautiful and wonderful. And if you can have the videography too, I'm able to watch the video and see her go down the aisle because I missed the whole thing. And it's just, I love it. That's great. You mentioned how you found the Disney Brides Facebook group, you know, kind of late in the game when you were planning. Is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you were planning? I wish I knew about all of the different options that you could incorporate. For example, I had no idea that you could incorporate dessert parties. And once I learned about dessert parties, I really wanted to do a dessert party at Epcot the night after the wedding 
but it was also marathon weekend at Disney and there was no availability. Mm-hmm. Um, however, then I learned about the Grand One Yacht and we ended up booking that for the night after the wedding and it was phenomenal. I'm so glad we ended up doing that. It was such a perfect time for everyone to mingle and enjoy the scenery and the fireworks and they tune in the music and I think it's a a great value and we also had a happily ever cake as part of that and we didn't end up eating the cake on the boat but what we did after we got off the boat was we took it to the Grand Floridian upstairs to the concierge level and we were able to have drinks and enjoy the cake and mingle and really spend some quality time together. That's fantastic. And they let all your guests into the concierge lounge with you? They did, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it was really awesome. I would recommend, like, if anyone is trying to decide between um, a dessert party or the Grand One, I would totally say the Grand One. And we did talk about maybe doing a dessert party at Sago K or the Marina, but there's a pretty decent charge to pipe in the music and there are really high minimums. So this was really such a good value. Yeah, that's a good point because when you just see the price of the yacht for a fireworks cruise, it's kind of eye-popping. But then when you think about how much it costs for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to do a private dessert party, that suddenly the yacht seems like a great deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when I got there, so I had ordered the cake some wine and beer to have on the boat. But when I got there, the captains of the ship said to me, this is your boat for the next hour. You can bring whatever you want. So, you know, had I known we could have brought our own alcohol or food um, for any future brides that do this, I think that's a really important tip to know. Interesting. That is a great tip. Any other tips or advice for future brides and grooms? So we did our park shoot the day after the wedding, mainly because for our honeymoon, we wanted to do a Disney cruise and we brought Aurora on our honeymoon as well. And we didn't really want to get married on a Wednesday because it was midweek and we thought it'd be a little difficult for our guests. So the way it worked out, because the Disney cruises leave on Saturday morning for the seven day one. So we ended up getting married Thursday night, the next morning. So we got up at 3 a.m. to do our park shoot at Magic Kingdom and then Epcot. And then we, we went on the Disney cruise Saturday. But I would say if if you're able to, like leave yourself a day where you can relax before getting dressed up all over again. Definitely. I would second that. I mean, we <laughs> waited two days and I still fell asleep later in the day just from getting up so early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And just going back to the videography and me being able to see Aurora go down the aisle as a flower girl and adding the second photographer in the first look with my dad, I think all of those things um, are great. And we're actually going back in July to do our Hollywood Studios park shoot. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, Diana, I think these have been really valuable tips for anyone who's interested in planning an escape wedding or vow renewal at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. 
In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>